Welcome, everybody. This is the first episode ever of Sports Cards Live after hours. Welcome. It's uh, really having fun with this whole Sports Cards Live thing and uh, wanted to keep it going. There's lots of uh, lots of demand for this and people want more. So here we are. Bring it. Joining me tonight is Carlos from the Because I'm Carlos YouTube channel. That is him right over there. Carlos, welcome to Sports Cards Live after hours. It's a pleasure to have you. I mean, let's face it. We've been sitting here chatting for 15, 20 minutes yeah, already. So I can say how you doing tonight for the benefit of the viewers. But mm -hmm. let's do it. How how are you doing tonight? It's later for you. What is it? 1230 where you are? Well, it's completely different than yesterday, Jeremy. I'm totally not wearing the same shirt that I was a few hours ago when I did this already. But uh, no, it's been good. Uh, I have actually enjoyed today. Today's was a pretty comfortable day leading into the first stream. And then uh, and then when I knew we were going to be doing this thing, I thought, oh, that's cool. Why not? Yeah. Do it later on. You did uh, you did a stream earlier. You had on Chris from CRT Sports mm -hmm. Cards, and Chris is kind of the the de facto face of Topps Project 2020. That's mm -hmm. how I take him. I've been I've been watching his videos uh, really since, gosh, probably since about card number 65 or 70 mm -hmm. in the Topps Project 2020. I, I, right. I started buying those cards, and those are those are them right right. Right there, kind of up behind me on the ones that you can't really see because they have the light reflecting off them. But those are Project 2020 cards. And I picked mm -hmm. up uh, a, a whole bunch. I started a card 61. I just missed the good stuff, actually, or, or the lower print run uh, cards. Oh, it could be and worse. I, you could have started buying after the shore like I did. I know. I could. <laughs> yeah, after the Griffey shore, mm -hmm. which I which had 99,000 cards printed, which I luckily didn't touch any. I, 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 I sat that card out, actually. Yeah, I don't I don't have one of those. I bought this from a third party uh, seller, actually, in Canada. I felt really bad for them, uh, and they took a bath on this thing. I paid next to nothing for that. What did you pay for? Like under 10 bucks? I, pay, I paid like 13 ship Canadian. Yeah. So so compared to what it would have cost you from tops and waiting for shipping and all that yeah. stuff, like you you didn't feel good at the end of it. And I kind of felt bad for it, but I like I get a chuckle every time I look at this thing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So guys, I mean, this is the first time we're doing it. I'm gonna be honest. When I had the idea to do this after hours thing, it, it really came because of the of the viewers, Paul Cashman in particular, you know, you guys enjoying the regular episodes, but there's only so much we can talk about with the guest, with the, you know, the scheduled guest. And I thought, you know what? You know, I, I watch Big Brother. I'll admit it. Me and my wife, we watch the TV show Big Brother. I've been watching it for years. And they do their after dark thing. And I just kind of had the idea. I thought, well, why don't I just do like an after hour show? Much more relaxed. Like I'm I'm totally planning on just being children. I'm gonna sit back. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rush things. I'm gonna talk mm -hmm. a little bit slower, maybe, maybe even a little bit quieter and just relax and, and enjoy enjoy an hour hanging out with you guys. And I thought, you know, it'd be nice to bring on somebody to hang out with. So I brought on Carlos. Because we were chatting earlier today, and I said, I said to Carlos yesterday was a, yesterday I said, you know, I'm mm -hmm. going to do this after hours thing. Yep. What do you think? He said, Ah, it sounds great. You should do it. I said, I think I'm going to bring on a guest, but I kind of want to bring on a guest from the audience, from the regular show. And I don't know how I'm going to pick somebody because I don't want to bring somebody on who's going to come on and not be a good guest. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> you know, I thought for the first one, I'm going to start with somebody I know and I trust because Carlos and I, we, I mean we've known each other for quite some time through the hobby sort of indirectly, but ever since um, I've started up the show and you have your show and I, I've said it again, guys, I have it on the ticker right now. His channels because I'm Carlos. If you're not already subscribed or watching, please check him out. One of my favorites. I watch it all the time. So much fun. Um, so I thought, you know what, Carlos, come join me and let's just see what happens with this. But going forward, I want to bring on other guests. I want to bring on kind of like someone from the audience. So Legion, for example, Tim Marin, um, 
D Cabral, Jason Pringle, any of you guys who are in there right now, if you want to come on this with me next Saturday night, let me know. And I'll bring you on. Maybe I can bring on two of you. Maybe I can add someone on right now. I can send someone the link to this studio and we can get one of you guys on right now. I'm open to it. I mean, see, now he's getting excited. Now he's getting crazy. I like it. Yeah. Right. Let's just play it by ear. I, I'm, what I'm most excited about is being able to just chill and not have to run a show because I, I love running the shows, the regular sports cards live. I love it. It's a blast. It really is. I, I've said it before. It's like I get a rush from it because there's just so much action, you know? Um, Paul. Paul says, I was up at four to go. I was up at four to go to work, had a nap. So you took a nap so you could stay up for this, Paul. That's awesome. You're you're Paul, you're the inspiration for after hours. I gotta I gotta tell you. So uh, but let's see who's here for now, just because we always do it. It's kind of let's see who we got. Tim, Tim Marin, he actually made that post before we went live. Yeah. Well, um, I'm not a West Coaster, Tim. I'm just no, you're an East Coaster. I'm in guys, I'm in Calgary, Alberta. So I'm in Mountain Standard Time. It's 10:35 p.m. for me right now. Carlos, you're in Mississauga, just outside Toronto. That's right. It's 12:35 a.m. for you. So it's late, but you're a night owl. So you were willing to I'm just to getting warmed me. up. I got like another 14, 15 hours. We're going to go. go. You're good to go. Legion's in the house. Charles says good morning. Good morning. I don't know who this is. Um, if you want to put your name in the comment or go to streamyard.com slash Facebook and hit that big blue button, I'd love to know who you are. Legion says uh, the Chris is a great resource, great content. Yeah, I, mean, I don't use his website that much because I've stopped buying the cards, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But I love his when he was doing his daily videos. I was watching them every day because they were so consumable at yeah. at fifteen minutes. You know, easy to watch every morning. Yeah. He got it and he gets them out so quick. It seems like and that was something I didn't get a chance to talk to him as much as I would have wanted to. But like um, what I kind of lay, uh, laid out for Jeremy is that we did have a good chat after. And there's a good possibility I will probably bring Chris back uh, yeah. at least once, if not, maybe twice. Uh, looking at when we get to like the three quarter mark and probably like a postmortem. But one of the things that I noticed when he did start pivoting his show and started adjusting it and tweaking it, we did talk about that piece. Well, and that was because he went back to work, too. Right. Mm -hmm. He had to exactly. change. His, he had to change his schedule before you go on. Go ahead. Just so you guys know, Carlos had Chris from CRT mm -hmm. on his channel live streaming earlier this afternoon. So that video is now there. I watched it in its entirety, although I had my kids nagging at me all day. It took me about three hours to get through your one. What was it, about an hour long with Chris? About today? an hour and 20 minutes. We got a good 80 minutes in there. Hour 20. And it probably took me about three hours to watch. I kept having to pause it and talk to my family and all. Which is, hey, you got it. You know, you got, I got a family too, right? Fair so enough. It was it was fun to watch it, but that I recommend if you guys like Tops Project Twenty Twenty, go check out Carlos's YouTube channel, and uh, that video is up there with with Chris. And it was nice, it was nice to see Chris outside of his normal element where we mm -hmm. always see him. That that was kind of the hope with that stream because to your point, he does these beautifully edited fifteen minute videos, and on his channel, if you go to CRT Sports Cards, and he referenced it on he teased it on the stream was that he was doing an interview with Blake Jameson. Yeah. And I am I am up to the last 15 minutes of that stream, but apparently there was an announcement of some kind or a bombshell dropped on it, something, because Blake Jameson is good for that kind of thing. I haven't caught it yet, or I might have just missed it. I have to listen to it again. But like, think about hobby content-wise. I gave yeah. you 80 minutes with the guy where we went over a lot of the different things, how he got there and how he decided to develop it and whatever. And the website is a great resource as well. But then he did an interview with Blake Jameson that came up later to, later that evening. And then we've got... And then we're talking a little bit about it now. So it's like, it's not this Saturday into this Sunday has led into a whole bunch of content. It's been absolutely insane. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna show the, the so I've got about 
I don't know, 30 Topps Project 2020 cards that I bought along the way. And then I went, I went through them all okay. and I picked out like six that I actually like. And the rest of them, I just don't like. So I'm going to okay. probably just get rid of them or whatever, put them away and forget about them. Okay. But only six. So I'm going to show you guys the six. Now, I started buying them at card number 61 and I stopped in around the 130s or so, I would say. So, and I only have a few, right? There's still a ton to come. But I like, you know, this is the Roberto Clemente old man Allen who... I like the old man Allen. He, I didn't like him at first, but they grew on me. They actually yeah. grew on me. I really like the Sophia Chang's. I think this is a cool looking card. The Willie Mays. Yeah, the Willie Mays is pretty good, yeah. And then for Sophia Chang, I also have the the, Ich the Ichiro, mm -hmm. which is nice too. I, I like her style. I think it's sweet. Like Chris, whose favorite is grotesque. I like grotesque as well. This is the mm -hmm. grotesque George Brett, which is pretty nice. Card number seventy five. This is a four hundred card set. If any of you guys watching don't know. They did 20 artists, 20 iconic cards for a 400-card set. Card 63, I picked up this Mike Trout. Fucci, I like Fucci without the face. Fucci and I, gets, ever saw. I, get a kick, I get such a kick out of Fucci. I do. Well, and here's the other one, the other Fucci. So these are both Fuccis. Yeah. This is Chris's, um, what does he call this, the uh, King of the Hill card? I think that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So look at that, no face. And I, I saw an interview with Fucci. I saw him posting in the Tops Project 2020 Facebook group that right. – um, He's not good at drawing faces, so he just doesn't do it. I, I can, but funny. I can understand. I would love for that to be like the rationale behind it. But I, I think I mentioned during the during the stream, I go, I kind of would love to interview Fuji, but I kind of would like it if he covered his face. Yeah, <laughs> like if that was the shtick, like he he just went for it because he he's he's Canadian, so so, so it's not oh, like is he? Yeah, oh, yeah. So realize. he's yeah. So it's one of those things. Like, no, I would love to interview Fuji, but I would be like, could you cover your face? That would yeah. be fantastic. Could you? That would Make it that look like be, it's an accident, but let's just like totally have you cover your face. That'd that would be, be so funny. So funny. Jason Pringle, I got my last 2020 today, number 98. Jackie, cool. Jay, mm -hmm. cool. Jay, D. Cabral, back in the house. Mm -hmm. Card collector, welcome back. Welcome back, young man. Facebook user, legit. You all crazy. I'm so dead tired. Must sleep, but this is dope. I can't wait to watch it later. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Eric says, fun. Paul, I was up to four. Go to, oh, got that. Paul, your claim to fame, man. Your claim to fame is... uh. Sports Cards Live After Hours. We'll get yep. you on. You got to come join me, Paul. Maybe next Saturday's your night. Maybe it's your night. Jason, you're a night owl. That's cool. I usually am too. Hey, Mississauga Squad. Oh, so Charles, you're in Mississauga too. That's cool. Nice. We'll have to see you at the next expo. The Toronto Expo is actually in Mississauga, Ontario. It's not actually in Toronto. It's but true, but I, I love I, Mississauga is a territory, and Charles would know this. If he, he's in Mississauga, he knows this. I'm at the far, far corner. I'm almost near Oakville. Basically, okay. I can get out, go outside and start walking to Oakville. Where the show is, I can get in a car for 40 minutes. I'm still in city limits. And then we get to the airport. So, like so Mississauga is not only where the, the expo is, but it's also mm -hmm. where the Toronto airport is. YYZ is actually that's right in uh, in Mississauga. Everybody so thinks it's Toronto, though. Everybody thinks it's Toronto. Everyone thinks. Yeah, and it, it feels like it is pretty much. <laughs> Having a beer at the lake, enjoying the show. Awesome. Rod, Cheers. welcome back. Welcome Cheers. back. Al, glad to see you. It's well, it's not so late. Al lives in Calgary. He's a he's a local buddy of mine. Glad mm -hmm. to see you back, Al. Uh, everyone, FYI, your text and ticker are blurry on my screen. I cannot that could just explain. be a rendering thing, Al. It sometimes takes a little while for YouTube to go. You might want to refresh the browser. That might help. Okay. Thank you for that, uh, Carlos. Good. Ahoy, boy. Ahoy, hoy. I'm an hour from the time zone change now. There you go. <laughs> Anyways, you folks keep out of trouble. Catch up tomorrow. Cool, cool. Have a good one. See you, Chris. 
Chris has such great insights on the top. So he really does. CRT is great. Agree. You got the Clementi Amaze Jay right on. Ziggy No, welcome to the show. Bonus live. Bonus live. Yes, sir. I'm planning to do this on Saturday night, Ziggy. Hoping to do it at the after hours after the Saturday show. I can't really do it on Wednesdays too because I'm simply, uh, it's too late. Too late. I got to go to work the next day. BM, you sent me a message on my Instagram. Thank you. I will get to that and ship those cards out to you in the next few days. Charles is in Oakville at my dad's house. Charles, Charles is another young, Charles is a, he's a youngster. Charles is probably what, what are you, Charles, 14, 15 years old. And he collects like, all he collects is vintage hockey, like old okay. vintage hockey at 14, 15 years old. At yeah. some point, not today, but at some point, ask me again about how I got into vintage and I, and I can give you a story that relates to that. Okay. We will do that. We will do that for sure. Can't wait for the next expo. Yeah, no doubt. Al G says, thanks for the tip. You, Yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Chris, Project 2020 intrigues me. Should be interesting to see how it's, yeah, that, it will, and you know, and that's, go watch uh, Carlos's episode with We Chris talk about exactly that. You talk about that mm-hmm. exact point. What are we going to, you know, Chris speaks to what he thinks we're going to be looking back, uh, how we're going to be looking back on Top's Project 2020 mm-hmm. um, in five, you know, two, three, four, five years from now. Mm-hmm. But let's talk a bit about the show I just did uh, sure. on the regular Sports Cards Live yep. with, with Tony. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I think part of the, benefit of this after hours is to sort of debrief the episode with with somebody like yourself carlos who you were you were kind enough to make yourself available tonight so thank you again no worries charles, charles turned 15 a couple months ago trust me if i ever get to that story uh it plays you're you're well within the wheelhouse uh, that's more my collecting backstory i haven't revealed yet on my channel well do okay well i look forward to hearing that <laughs> so we had on tony siriani from upper deck just uh just in about an hour ago there we did, went about two hours with tony and I thought, you know, in my opinion, I thought the show went pretty well. I, I think so. That, uh, yeah, he was he was a good guest. He's thoughtful in his responses. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that, you know, he was willing to take all the, even some of the, there wasn't really any too controversial or challenging questions. The one I thought might have been the most challenging was Rod's question about um, who makes the decision about, you know, maybe taking a hit out of a product year over year, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, which in some collectors find reduces the value of the break, et cetera. I thought it was good. Tony uh, handled that question pretty well. Um, what I really liked though, was that he's a collector. Mm-hmm. He, he went to school with the, with a vision of, of landing a dream job working for a card company. So when he said that he went to the, uh, the national in 2015 and he, you know, did his spent a few days buying, selling, trading cards, but then he spent one day really just out there trying to find a job, job hunting at the national. I mean, how much fun would that be? And he ended up getting it. You know, Randy from Upper Deck remembered him, mm-hmm. sent him a message a few weeks later, and uh, didn't know why. Didn't know why he was even calling him back, but called him back anyway. I, my point is that it was just. It's just nice to know that these guys who are making these cards for us for the hobby that they're collectors too and they're passionate about it and they're open to hearing what we have to say. And that's, that is verified by them coming on the show. I mean, I call these guys up and I, I call them, I text them, I message them. However, I get in touch with them. I've only been said no to like twice ever by guests. The the one, one guest that said no to me, I think was nervous to come on the show. Mm-hmm. Fair. I'm not going to fight that. The other person that said no to me, well, didn't say no, just said maybe another time was uh, was the guy who won the LeBron James rookie card. The night the night that that card sold, I had the idea I should do a let's do a special episode, and then I had the idea oh I'll bring Carvin back on, and then oh I'll bring on 
the guy who bought the card. So I sent him a message saying, hey, here's here's me. Here's what I do. Here's a link to the channel. Are you willing to come on? At first he said, yeah, sounds good. And then he's like, actually, no, I got to wait to figure out what I'm going to do with the card. And then he's like, actually, maybe another time. I said, fine, I didn't push it. Didn't push it. I brought yeah. on Josh Johnson from Cardboard Chronicles instead, mm -hmm. who has a LeBron James exquisite card. Yep. And Carvin came on and we had a we had a what was a an amazing episode. Probably the number one watched episode I've ever done was that special episode on that Monday yep. night. Um, <clears throat> now, can I interject here for a second? Yeah, please. The uh, I think I'm, I'm in a general agreement with you. I think one thing that helps, and this is something that I think folks, hopefully by this point watching your show, have gotten the general gist of it, is that you have done a very good job over a long time networking. This yeah. is one of the jokes that I give to Jeremy and I give to anybody else is I've enjoyed toiling away in obscurity kind of in the hobby world where I've been lurking. I've been on Hobby Insider since 2006. But you won't see posts from me, at least not for years and years. You have to go back in the archives and dig because yeah. I don't I didn't spend a lot of time posting. But I watched and I observed and I know folks that are on that message board that are regulars, the Steve Angels of the world. I know those people because I would hang out and we'd chat and whatever. I was around. But it was one of those part of the reason Jeremy and I know each other is not so much because we've talked a lot face to face until recently, but we have a ton of mutual friends. Yeah. I was chatting and making fun of a meet earlier today. So it's like, or yesterday. But the point is that like we have mutual friends. So it's a lot easier to get into conversation with people. It's like, well, well, I don't know you personally. I know people who do know you. I know people who talk to you on a regular basis. But bringing it back to the show, that networking thing also means that it's a little bit easier when it's not a cold call from a stranger. The reason why I was so excited that Chris agreed to come on is that he didn't know me from Adam. <laughs> I had to kind of go and I had to reach out cold and just be like, hey, love the show. I would love to talk to you about this. And we were able to go a little bit back and forth and arrange something. We were able to put it together. How did you, re where, where did you contact him? Email. Oh. Good old fashioned email. It was yeah. one of those things. He has his email on his thing uh, for his for his website and on his channel. And I just sent a message to him and just basically laid it out and said, Hey, I would love to talk to you about that. I, I basically told him what I wanted to talk about is that I'd love to talk about this, this, and this, here's my channel, check it out and let me know. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, like I was saying, I reached out to the guy, the buyer of the LeBron card and he, you know, after a few back and forth, the funny thing was that when I found out who he was and I saw his Instagram handle, he mm -hmm. was already following me on Instagram. Just however that happened. So, mm -hmm. I thought, great. It was very easy then to, re to reach him. He, you know, I wrote him a message and he was back to me in five minutes. Like it, he got back to me right away. I, it's been so far with Sports Cards Live, I guess, you know, when I started it, I, I thought to myself, I didn't really know what I was going to do with it. I didn't know what it was going to turn into. It turned into this completely un unintentional and unplanned. I don't have any experience doing this before, before April of 2020. None, none whatsoever. And, but I did say to myself, I got to come out with a bang. I got to come out with a guest that's going to bring some eyeballs to the show. And I thought, well, who better than Carvin Chung, the man who invented Exquisite and the Cup? Mm -hmm. And and he's a friend. He, you know, we we've been we've been buddies for a long time. So he was easy to get in touch with, and he was more than happy to come on. And and I think that really is what helped that decision to bring him on as the first guest. I think is what paved the way and helped turn sports cards live into what it's become yes it's really an interview show with hobby industry insiders as mm -hmm. well as collectors i like to balance it out uh but really a platform to bring information and bring the human aspect to the cards themselves and the industry itself so mm -hmm. it, it, it i didn't plan for this at all 
I thought I'll bring on Carvin and then the next episode, maybe I'll just go on myself. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe I'll just mm -hmm. go on and sell cards, but sure. it just organically became this thing. And the more people I reached out to, the more I realized it was easy. They were all saying yes. Now, luckily I knew most of these people ahead mm -hmm. of time. That's right. The only people I've cold called were Paul Lesko, mm -hmm. the, the lawyer. And I contacted him on Twitter and he was extremely friendly and gracious and happy to do it. And we'll be on again. And I, cold called dr james beckett mm -hmm. and i you know how i got i said I, chris mcgill from house of jordans had mm -hmm. him on his show or chris was right. on, yeah and i said to chris how did you get in touch with him and chris said i sent him an email i said what's his email address and chris sent me his email address because he because dr james beckett had it on his show already mm -hmm. so he but that's said, that, I, that's the way this works though like uh that that's the uh, in all honesty no no jokes aside like that's the way this works sometimes it's not that i happen to know them personally it's that i know someone who has already dealt with them or work with them or done whatever and then a lot of these folks in the hobby actually are quite happy to talk <laughs> if you give them, give them the opportunity so basically if i and brian gray ever get on the thing it'll be 14 hours yeah. approximately we may need in a couple like four intermissions somewhere yeah. in between and yeah. it'll be the longest uh, hobby stream of all time yeah well you'll it'll you'll have to beat my three hours with dr price that uh, that one episode that we did i think i've had for for paul cashman i think we've had about two episodes that have encroached on three hours i don't mm -hmm. know that we've ever passed the three hour mark exactly but we've mm -hmm. been like 259 255 mm -hmm. But I, so I sent Dr. Beckett an email, mm -hmm. like literally five minutes after getting his email address from Chris, I sent him an email. He writes back to me in like 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Hello, Jeremy, would love to come on your show. And I'd like to repay the favor and ask you to come on my podcast. I said, oh, hey, this is great. Mm -hmm. He's going to come on my show and I'm going to go on, on his podcast too. That's, that's awesome. I mean, dream come true for a kid like me mm -hmm. who grew up, you know, just like all of us reading these, these magazines every, every month and you know, waiting for them to come. So really, I mean, not that I plan to during after hours here to talk about the, the, how, how sports cards live came about or any of this, but that's the beauty of what we're doing right now is this freestyling, having Carlos on with me. We can talk about whatever we want right now. I really don't want to have any sort of um, structure to it, but, uh, but who knows over time, as we keep doing this, perhaps there will be a little bit more structure in terms of little segments. So one of the, and I'll talk about it right now, a couple of things I'm thinking about doing in this, in this after hours thing is, first of all, I do want to have somebody on screen with me. So again, Carlos was, was kind enough and available to join me the first time tonight. Makes it a bit easier for myself, a bit more comfortable, you know, just a little bit more relaxing to have somebody and not have to do all the talking myself. And Carlos can talk. Trust me, Carlos can talk. I'll just sporadically interrupt. I've been resisting so far. The first part, it's like, I'm just going to start interrupting you, but please continue. <laughs> it's funny because as, as the viewers know, every episode I do, I meet up with that guest before the episode. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. either the night before or two nights before. And it's usually, it's gone. Those meetings have gone from like with Ken Golden, it was like 25 minutes and he had to run because he's a mm -hmm. busy guy. But I've had them go for two hours where I've sat with a person for two hours and we're just getting to know each other a bit better, you know, kind of what are we going to talk about and that sort of thing, just to really build out the agenda. Mm -hmm. um, but but if you think about it, for me, that that make this is show is twice a week. That makes it four nights a week for me that I'm mm -hmm. actually doing these in the studio, talking to the talking to people. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in terms of having a guest on, I don't want to have to 
plan out weeks ahead. Who am I going to have on on the on this Wednesday, this Saturday? I just want to do it kind of spur of the moment. And with you, I asked you. I think I asked you as I was on my way to pick up my dinner tonight, just a few hours ago. It was highly and, uh, organized, Jeremy. It was basically Facebook ping, reply. I gave you my number. You called me. And then we worked out some of the logistics on the phone in about 10 minutes. And then you went to go get your food. Exactly. I was actually, um, the reason why I got off the phone with you when I did mm-hmm. is because I pulled up to the restaurant. I was just about to pick up our our dinner. So mm-hmm. Saturday, Saturday night is uh, is takeout or, or pickup for us or delivery or whatever. Right. Pretty much every my, my wife, she's a great cook. She she cooks dinner six nights a week. Saturday, I'm in charge. So we uh, we unless I'm making my tacos or my tuna melts, we're we're, we're picking up some dinner. So we did that. Um, but so so you know the guest thing for after hours. Mm-hmm. I do want to have somebody with me, but I I kind of wanted to make it. My original idea was okay. I'm going to do a wild card sort of thing during the regular episode on Saturday. I'm going to say okay, guys, if anyone out there wants to come on after hours with me, let me know in the comments. Put your name in there. And for like, I'll open up the window for like three minutes and every name that goes in there in the first three minutes, I will then put them into a randomizer and whoever comes on top, I will send the link to and they can come into the studio and join me. That's mm-hmm. one idea I had. And guys, if you're watching, let me know what you think. Like, would you would you want to come on this show and just talk hobby? Like, tell a bit of your story, talk about the episode we just did, talk about what you like in the hobby, what you don't like, what you've enjoyed on Sports Cards Live. We can talk about this show, what you've enjoyed in the past, some of your favorite episodes, um, what you want to see in the future, mm-hmm. other channels you're watching, other channels you recommend on YouTube, um, wh- whatever. I mean, it's it's it can be whatever it can be. That's why I was pretty vague when I said, you know, coming soon with not much information because when I put out that, that silhouette with a question mark on it, I knew I was going to bring somebody on. I just didn't know who it was. Mm-hmm. So, so it ended up being Carlos tonight, but that's the kind of thing that I, I may consider doing is just kind of saying during the episode, hey, hey, Paul, you want to come on tonight? Hey, Ernie, you up for it? You, you, you want to come hang out? Let's let's do it. You come on after hours and we're going to hang out and do an hour long kind of chilled out, unfor- pretty for the most part, unkind of formatted episode. But some of the other things I think, so I, I, I put a few bullets down what to talk about. So debrief the episode we just had. Show, I'll, I'll show my mail. I don't ever show the cards that I buy really very often, but I have mm-hmm cards coming in throughout the week so i can show my 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 personal mail days that i received throughout the prior week um maybe show some cards from my personal collection i've got many pcs probably have 25 different segments of my collection i could show one of those each time talk about you know some cool sales that have happened on ebay or auction houses um that's really it that those are the ideas so far so nothing that's like you know concrete or sketch you know really um hardcore for hardcore like Something I, I got to stick so to. Let me, let me help Jeremy with this one here. It's all so, up for discussion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But also I want to use this as a good excuse to kind of encourage you who are watching this. If you check it out later also in the same vein, you could put down in the comments if you have suggestions because right now it's being, right now it's being workshopped. So yeah. right now the whole idea is kind of in flux. It's putty. It can be shaped into whatever form it can end up in. But if you actually... Obviously, the chat is a good venue. If you're already here, go for it. And the chat's a good place. But then also, if you check it out later, you can put something in the comments. Helps engagement. Everybody loves engagement. But at the same time, also, that's a good way of being like, hey, you can actually see what the suggestion is. Yeah, no, I like Thanks for that, Carlos. Yeah, yeah. So, guys, if you have comments, suggestions, recommendations, things you like, things you don't, please do put them in the comments in the YouTube, uh, the YouTube video comments. Mm-hmm. And even better than the chat, because as and Carlos, you know better than I do, because you were just telling me this YouTube has an algorithm. It likes certain things. It likes when people hit the thumbs up button. It likes Absolutely. when people leave comments. 
I knew they liked the thumbs up button. I didn't really know that comments were super important, but apparently they are for growing your, your it's just channel. In, it's, it's under the general term engagement. It means people are not only watching passively, it means they're participating in some way. Okay, cool. And look at this. I have my first volunteer for to join me next time. And that is young Charles. So Charles and I, me and Charles actually about two months ago, I was, I was planning to do an episode of, of sports cards live with like younger people in the hobby. And I was going to bring on three young guys, like 20 or under was kind of my, my definition of young. Okay. But I wanted, I wanted a couple, I wanted at least one or two guys that were like under 15 and then maybe one older guy, because I, I want to, I, I think there are young people still in the hobby and yeah. I want to, I want to engage them. And we know even the card collector who who was in the chat earlier, he's a young he's a youngster as well. That's right. So 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 I I was going to do a show with young with a bunch of young with three young people, and it just never came to fruition. And and I almost owe Charles an apology for that because I he was the first guy I went to about mm -hmm. it. Okay, I, I asked if he'd be interested, and you know, and he's fifteen, so we got to make sure it's okay with the parents and all that, which is all fine. Yeah, I was going to so, say like it's not a school night, but still. <laughs> well, hey, I don't know, Charles. Uh, said he's. Hey, he lives near you, so it's late for him for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so Eric makes the comment. It would be cool to see some of the people, some of the other people who watch the show. That's yep. yeah, thanks, Eric, because that's kind of what I was thinking. Would it would you guys like to meet each other? Well, you can do that on screen. Mm -hmm. So, so Charles, if you're up for it, then let's plan for next Saturday after the episode, which I don't think I even have a guest scheduled for yet. Nice. So but we'll we'll do that, Charles. So we'll we'll me and Charles we do communicate on um, on Instagram or Facebook one of the, one of the two. So we'll 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 be in touch and we'll plan for that. But there are a couple of comments that have come in, uh, Carl. So let's just take a look at them here quickly. Yeah. Ernie, great show, really enjoyed. Thank you, Ernie. Charles says higher ups at card companies who also collect are the best. The hobby goes full swing. Yep. Paul says, I have to say, I'm glad you came up with Sports Cards Live. It's been a welcome distraction from the grind of reality, that pandemics and whatnot. Yeah. Hey, and Paul, it, it, that's what it serves as for me. It's it's been my it's been my COVID, my my COVID project more than anything. And but I think it's gonna outlive COVID or maybe not the maybe not the virus itself, but at least um the social distancing aspect of it or you know, the way of the world. It'll, right it'll now. evolve, it'll evolve as the times change. It'll evolve. I think so. Chris makes a comment. He says, viewer mail would be interesting. Send in a pic of something they got that week. That's kind of cool. That's a cool idea. It would also I increase engagement. It would give you an excuse. Uh, one of the suggestions I gave to Jeremy is that in the long run, I think it's a good idea. I haven't done it with my show, but it's something I've kicked around. Having an email that's specifically for something like that, I go, here, send it here. Because that way I know what it's for. <laughs> I know it yeah. doesn't get confused with my other mail. And then, you know what? If it's something cool, there you go. Just put it on the screen. Yeah. So I, you told me that you gave me that suggestion earlier today when we were on the phone and I'm going to do that probably tonight. I'm going to create a sports cards live at Gmail account. No one else go do that. Go <laughs> that I was going to say, you just there. gave away the entire plan. Jeremy. Please don't go steal that from me. <laughs> um, I'm going to, I'm going to go create one, uh, a, a new email account for the, for the show. And uh, I'll monitor that. Um, you know, the idea of viewer mail, sending in a pick the only problem and it's not a problem it's more of a logistical step that i need to do now is it's more screen sharing it's more setup excuse me it just it the one thing i love about what i'm doing with sports cards live versus most of the traditional youtube channels is i do no post-production like none there's no editing 
there's no adding, you know, layering on visuals or words or you do it a lot, Carl's on yours. You'll, you'll say something wrong. You'll misspeak and then you'll, you'll put on the correct, which is great. I see a lot of guys doing that. I do know. No, Jeremy, post- I make no mistakes on my channel. I have no idea what you're referring to or talking about, but after you make your point though, I do want to add something about that. But please continue. Yeah, no, all I'm saying is that, um, it's, it, it, live streaming is, I think a lot of people don't do it because you can't take it back. Whatever is out there, you can't take it back unless you go into the back end of YouTube and delete the video, which I, I don't want to do. That's right. But so it's a bit, you know, there's that risk that you're you're on. You got to be on. Mm-hmm. But there's no work after. Once the show is over, I download it. So I have it. So I can eventually go to podcast. I have I have the video and audio from every episode stored. Because StreamYard allows you to do that for they just expanded the time that they store it for you and you can then download it and save it. That's right. Um, but besides that, I do no post-production whatsoever. And that makes my life easier and it allows me to do two live streams a week. Adding on this is like no extra work, really. I just have to put together a little graphic and send it out there and schedule the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but please get to your point. So all I was going to say was that's part and parcel of the reason why I started doing a a couple of live streams here and there. I didn't want to commit to a full out schedule because right now I don't have the energy to necessarily go out and reach out to a lot of guests because I am doing it cold calling style. A lot of the guests that I would potentially have, I kind of have to reach out. Now, mind you, I could reach out to a Jeremy or something. If he's got somebody on where maybe I've got some additional questions or another angle that I want to take on it, because that's what I did with Chris from Card Ladder. It's not that Jeremy hadn't already interviewed him. I wanted to take a completely different approach. To your point from earlier about the length of a video, if Chris and I had been able to go unrestricted because he had a he had a time cap and I was trying to keep to a time cap, if we had gone unrestricted, we could have done an old school House of Jordans episode and gone four hours plus comfortably without any yeah. issue. It would have been fun, but it, it wasn't the right time. I loved I loved their four-hour episodes. That's what got me into hobby content mm-hmm. was House of Jordan's podcast right. two summers ago. Mm-hmm. I would I would I was going for this nightly walk back then. That was a you know an exercise phase I was in. I was going for a nightly walk for like 40 minutes and I would listen to 40 minutes at a time. And it would take me three or four walks to get through the whole episode, but they were only putting out one every couple of weeks at the time, I think. So mm-hmm. it was enough to get me through. And then I couldn't wait for the next one. A couple comments for a minute here. Let's just see what we have. Chris, uh, it would be interesting to hear what to hear kids talk about what they think would help grow the hobby more with kids. Great point, right? Mm-hmm. Great. That's I want to remember that. Charles, remember that question because we got to talk about that next Saturday. Get the focus group on. Yeah. And yeah, this this should be like a community episode, maybe a group chat for sports cars live. Exactly. We can bring on, I can actually bring on up to like StreamYard, which is the studio we use, they just expanded the, and I'm a premium member, so I pay a monthly fee to do this show. Mm-hmm. You know, you can bring on, they just expanded from six guests on screen to one, uh, one or six people on screen at once to 10. Mm-hmm. So we can get like rows of like two rows of five. So we'd be small heads on here. But I did have- see, I did see that at Hobby Palooza. I would find a cap lower than 10. <laughs> It gets, yeah. it gets kind of disastrous, but you can definitely do, you know, a fair number of people on screen for you sure. You just have to make sure that you're not talking at the same time as anybody mm-hmm. else. Otherwise it's going to be, uh, an, uh, uh, you know, an S show. Mm-hmm. I'll still keep the no swearing thing even in, in, in after hour. <laughs> yeah, I agree, Charles. It could be fun. Al has a suggestion. You could have a background theme each week. It's example, favorite nineties inserts, pre-lockout patches for people to send in picks, not necessarily as the main conversation. So, by Al, by background, do you mean like the actual background that you see behind? Like if you notice right now, 
There, you see, it's gone, it's there, it's gone, it's there. I can change that. Right now, I can change that. If that's what you mean by background, I can easily change that. But I think it's important for the brand to have consistency there. So, but if you're talking about a different type of background, which is why you have it in quotes, um, maybe let me know. If it helps at all, I already referenced the 90s right here. You did with your, uh, yeah. Well, there's a comment. Someone has a comment. I saw Brett Hull in the words somewhere. Where did that comment go? Oh, I don't see it anymore. Um, I don't see it. 306, hockey cards. Who's your sleeper for the playoffs, NHL and NBA? Oh, there we go. There's a question. And welcome to the show, 306. Nice. Are you in Saskatchewan? Um, 306, if you haven't uh, subscribed to the channel, please do. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Al says to show picks at intervals during the show. I see what you're saying, Al. Yeah, I can do that because so I can, I'm going to share my screen guys. I've done it before on the episode. So there's my shared screen. I'm just going to unshare it for a second. That's Jeremy's newest card, everybody. Enjoy. Yeah. I just bought that tonight. Um, one second, bear with me here. I like the, I like the, uh, I just feel so much less pressure right now. Yeah, well, that Jerry. The whole point of this was so. Number one, it is a more free flowing format. So we got Jeremy out of you know his restrictive you know programming, and then at the same time, it's like he's he's got the guest that requires the least amount of maintenance. Yeah, I kind of just sit back in my chair and chill, and I'll interrupt like when I need to. And you 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 and you you pipe up when you have something to say, <laughs> and you you're, you're uh, you don't waste your words, Carlos. I, I've noticed that about you, even on your episodes. You, mm -hmm. you have a lot of words to say, but mm -hmm. your words are well thought out. So. I appreciate I try. that. I try. Um, so I can share my screen uh, like this. And so what I have up here, guys, because the gold, you know, we had Ken Golden on on Wednesday and the auction ends tonight. And it's I think it's in like after hours bidding right now. Mm -hmm. So this card here, when I started the episode earlier with Tony, this card was at one point seven million dollars. When I finished the show, I refreshed the page behind and it was at. 2.65 million dollars plus 20 percent so let's refresh and see if there's been a Is it 20 percent really plus 20 percent okay i thought it was 15 for some reason okay fair enough 2.7 so it's still going so it is now it's now broken the record with the buyer's premium as the most expensive card ever sold at public auction history ever. made during the after hour show jeremy history made history made we People watched it. Made. Ever. Most expensive card ever sold at public auction is, and it's not over yet because what happens is, is they, they do this like half an hour countdown. But if anybody bids during that half an hour countdown, that half an hour is reset to, to 30 mm -hmm. minutes again. So if somebody That's bids right. with one second left, that adds 30 minutes on to the auction. So this can go well into tomorrow. It won't, but it could. Let's look at what else we have. So we'll come back to that later, see if there's been any more bids. But that's a 2.7 million plus 540. So 2.7 mm -hmm. plus 540 is 3.24, I believe. The most expensive card. Here's another one. This is another Mike Trout card. I don't know what this is numbered to on the back. It's an orange refractor. Is that to five cards? Does it let you does it let you zoom in on the label? Because the label usually does, I think Beckett less so than some other ones, but sometimes it lets you see on the label. Uh here we go. No, okay. but it doesn't, it doesn't say what it's numbered to. Too bad. Okay. Yeah. Then it would but have to be on the card. Oh, never mind. It'll say on the, the back. Card. It'll yeah, say on, on the, the card. Back. Yeah. Where does it say? Right up here somewhere? Mm. Hold on. Let's just make it big. Oh, yeah, there it is. 25. 25. Orange out of 25. That's right. Okay. That makes sense. So, 
before the show started, this was at, oh, this one ended 132,000. I wonder if it's actually over. Let's just refresh and see. It says lot is closed, so I think so. Yeah, but there could have been more bids still because I hadn't refreshed. So now I can't okay. even see what the bid is for some reason. Is that because I'm not logged in? No, I'm in. Okay, next one. LeBron James, really nice, exquisite rookie. You know, the last couple sold for like 190 that Josh Johnson owns, one at an 8.5 at, at 190. Another one sold for like 245. That's a decent Just, patch too, actually. That's a decent patch. It was at 550, and uh, so if I refresh, it's not going to tell us what it turned into, is it? What it closed at. <clears throat> Doesn't tell us. Darn it. I thought we'd be able to see that. I don't know why I can't see it. Oh, well. I also pulled up this LeBron in 8.5. This one was at 325. So this, the whole auction isn't over, but th this, sorry, uh, several of the card auctions are over. But this one is not. This Mike Trout uh, Super Fractor is still is still live. A couple of the other ones I picked out. I'll just go through them. Here's another LeBron the eight five oh that three and a quarter. Jambalaya PSA ten was at thirty three thousand dollars. This one really interests me because I I'm fortunate enough to own a BGS nine point five with mm -hmm. very strong subs. Okay, so I think it's basically the same card. I'd love to know what that ended at. I'll have to find out later. A Jordan one hundred one logo man. This was at 162. This isn't as much fun because I can't refresh and see what they're what they're at now or what they sold for. Unfortunately, why not? It's a bit odd that uh, it's a bit odd that if you are logged in, that it wouldn't let you. Um, what I might suggest to you is maybe just stop the screen sharing and see if maybe logging out, logging back in will let you see it. Yeah, that might work. That yeah. might work. That's that's my that's my tech support uh, advice for you today. All right, I'll do that. Let's do that's, that. I'm yeah. I'm going to go back here and I will log out and log log out and log back in. Yeah, and while you're doing that, actually, I, I, what you showed us there actually leads me to a little bit of a, a thought that I had, and also a topic that I'm kind of working on. Something that I'm workshopping for my own show, but I can give you like the sneak preview here a little bit. Um, sure. Because it's one of the things that I'm observing for basketball. I'm definitely seeing it for football. I'm definitely seeing it. One of the most interesting things for me right now is watching what happens. And this is, this plays off a conversation I had with you as well, where we were talking about baseball rookies. And one of the things that, so I started off the conversation with a little bit of a primer on some of the rookies that I like the reason why and all that, but one of the keys and one of the pieces that I'm going to add now as well, that I was going to talk to you about at some point is also that, one of the things that I'm looking at that Josh from Carbo Chronicles is also leaning in the same direction is that we have to be very careful with like the base version of it because there's a lot of quantity out there, but there's a bit of a trickle down effect, right? So if the base card starts going up a ton, people start going to the next best, the next best. Well, it also works the other way. Some of the high-end collectors are going to be like, well, I've got the base version. I've got the base Luca, you know, PSA 10. That's cool and all, but there's a lot of those. Well, what about the silver? Well, there's less of those, but it's not numbered. Well, what about the numbered version? So like there's this trickle up effect in addition to the trickle down effect. It works both ways, but for two different sets of collectors. Yeah. For normal people, it's a trickle down because you say like, okay, so I'll use an example and I'm not, I'm, I'm going to share my, my secrets here. One of the guys that I'm looking at is because I look at Albert Pujols. To me, he's a first battle hall of famer, all timer. That's easy. Everybody in the fact that he's close to Willie Mays' home run total, it makes it obvious. But at the same time, it's almost you're forgetting that for the last decade, he's been depressed because people don't remember what Albert Pujols was in his prime, right. where he was eviscerating pitchers and ruining their lives. And at that point, he was an absolutely dominant player. And I gave Jeremy a, a scary comparison that made it a kind of a little bit more jarring in comparison to today's market and one of those auctions you saw. 
But the thing is that when you think of a guy like that, first ballot. So this isn't a quick flip. It's not him breaking Hank Aaron's number. Is not going to make his card double in price? It's, it's not good. Baseball hasn't reacted quite to the same degree as a basketball or a football has, but football, they're not even playing, but basketball, somebody has a great game and suddenly the card jumps. Yeah. Pools we know is going to likely pass an all time great in the, in the, he's already a 2000 RBI guy. Even if he finishes the season, he's just average. He'll pass 2100 RBIs. The amount of guys on that list is getting really, really short. There's almost nobody up there. He's already kind of at the tippy top and he's just about done, but he's right there. Yeah. And afterwards we'll be like, wait a minute, that guy was really good. Yes, he was. Well, really I remember time. his Bowman Chrome auto, or maybe it wasn't a Bowman Chrome, maybe it was a Tops. The one with the autograph that faded on a lot of copies, that of 500, I think that yes. card was so expensive, you know, 10 years ago, five, $7,000. That's right. It's still. Uh, is it, what's it worth now? That card, is it 20 grand by now? Or is it more? Is it still the Bowman Chrome with the autograph? The one I with the autograph. I genuinely don't know at this point. While you're looking. So Tony, yeah. Tony from upper deck, he just sent me the picture, that staff picture he was talking about with, with, um, with Wayne Gretzky. So nice. I have to, yeah, share it. Why not? Yeah, no, sure. uh, it's just on my phone. He just texted me the picture. Oh, right? gotcha. So there's Tony right there with the, uh, with the, the lanyard around his neck. And there's, you can see Wayne, you can see Wayne Gretzky's hand on his, on his shoulder, there's Billy right beside Wayne. Pretty funny. That'll be a good picture to show later on. That's some upper. That's I guess that's all upper. I recognize a few of the people in the picture, but not. I only recognize Billy, Tony, and uh, and Josh uh, Zeusman, but I don't recognize anybody else there. So I'll tell you something, Jeremy. Right now, I was able to find the Pujols. So this is the Bowman Chrome. Um, this is the Bowman Chrome autograph, right? Yeah. Okay. Out cool. of five hundred, I'm certain it was out of five hundred. Okay, cool. So what I can do actually for you is in the chat, I'll actually give you a link to one. Oh, this cool. is a recent, this is a recent completed auction. So I can actually give it to you. you uh, it's funny that I get the, oh, that's fine. That'll work. Yeah. You I just get, have to copy and paste. Yeah. Cause it, it doesn't, it, it, yeah, you know, it won't, it won't let you hyperlink. You have to copy and paste that one. That's right. Yeah. I've done that. So it, it's going to go there. And I, what I did log, I logged out and back into golden. And although I couldn't, um, that's not the card because that card would not only sell this that's a facsimile autograph there's another version that actually has the auto here i'll just uh do this so you just sent me this card here that's a facsimile there's another version of this card wait looks, is that the link that it gave you that's because oh, that isn't that isn't why? the card that I, that isn't never the card mind that never mind it's going to be this one here it's going to be this okay. one here yeah that's the one yeah okay, sorry now, i didn't yeah. yeah okay gotcha yeah yeah it's a completed that's auction card that's yeah. the card which is, that isn't that bad no, that autograph, that out, that out, this autograph actually survived quite yeah. nicely. Yeah. But now yeah. think about that. The autograph is in great shape. The card is a nine, so it's a mint card. It's a nice, it's a nice for especially for Bowman Chrome that era. Yeah. Uh, we're talking ten grand US. I'm sorry. In today's market, that's a pittance. Yeah. In today's market, like I'm not a, I'm not a buyer <laughs> at ten grand. I, I'm not a five figure card buyer. But if I was, th this is this is great. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. That that's a that to me is a that to me is a buy. But when did this end? Let's see. July. That one is July. July twentieth. So not that long ago. So that, yeah. that that's pretty. It's maybe it's gone up a, a few percent. But the most recent ones are a PSA eight and a PSA seven, and that's the most recent that I have. Okay, let's see if there's any more bids on the uh, on the super trout the superfractor trout. 
Nothing yet. And there's so there's six minutes and 53 seconds. So we'll 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 come have another look here in about seven in just under six minutes and see if there have been any more bids. But in the meantime, I was I did log out and back in and uh, it's still not showing me. But if you okay. just go to their main screen, which I just closed out of here, it is showing them now on the main uh, the main page. I'm just going to close Great. all these extra windows to clear out my the, the strain on the computer here. Those are uh, his first ever, uh, his first pair of Air Jordan 1s. Those sold tonight too. Let's see what they were at back when. They were 200,000. So we we'll, should be able to see what they're at, what they sold for. 260 is what I think they sold for, unless for some reason, uh, let's see. Let's just open this up and see if this auction is still going or if it's done. Think it should tell us no it's i think this one's done otherwise we there would be um there'd be a number over here somewhere so this one is done so that that ended it those shoes ended for it's a two hundred and sixty thousand dollar pair of shoes guys hey why not why not um but i want to go back to the main page here yeah i'm going to close this guy and i'm going to close this guy now so the Trout's at 2.7. The Nolan Ryan PSA 10 sold for half a million dollars. That's a big number. It is, so Le- yep. The LeBron James, that one right there, the, the BGS 9.5 rookie out of 99 sold for $900,000. That's a big number. I I, I mean, that that's that's awesome. That's awesome. $900,000. Wow. What else? There's the the PSA nine Hank Aaron went for one hundred and seventy thousand dollars, which this, feels like a bargain, relatively speaking. Somewhat, right? This yeah. MJ one one logo man autograph sold for one hundred and seventy two thousand. Here's a BGS eight point five exquisite that sold for four fifty. This card is interesting because Josh Johnson from Cardboard Chronicles owns this, not this exact copy, but he owns. Is this out of twenty three? This is out of twenty three. Never mind. This is a gold out of twenty three. Mm-hmm. So this this is basically the same card that sold at Golden Auctions last time for 1.8 million, but that was a BGS 9.5. This is an 8.5. So there, there's your di- price differential from a BGS 8.5 to 9.5, 450,000 versus 1.8 million dollars. Now let me throw something out at you based on that right there that you just said. It, what I said a moment ago about the trickling up and trickling down effect also applies to graded cards. Because if you think about a high-end card, you know, of course, everyone would love like the pristine. Everybody would love like a, you know, PSA 10, of course. But then what happens is if you get priced out of it, you start looking, well, what's the nine going for? Uh, what's the eight going for? Or the eight five or whatever. And it's the in the high end, trickle down. In the lower end or something that's like fairly common for high-end collector, trickle up. So what you're noticing is those... I would say everybody just start paying attention for that phenomenon because it's something I've looked at and something I definitely want to talk about more later on. That'll be me sitting there for an inordinate amount of time. I'll draw pictures or something. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, man. No, I, I think you're right. That's interesting trends to keep an eye mm-hmm. on. Yep. This Connor Mc, Connor McDavid uh, PSA ten a RPA at a ninety nine from the Cup sold for sixty one thousand dollars. That's a pretty healthy number. Yep, for a hockey card. I got for hockey. I, I for hockey, it's good. For hockey, it's strong. For hockey, it's strong for sure. Let's see what's going on over here for a minute. Three minutes, 20 seconds. Let's give this a refresh, see if there's been any more bids on this. There haven't. And I think what's going to happen is if there's another bid coming, it's going to come in the last second. It's the guy's trying to outweigh everybody else. And, and if it comes, I mean, 
this card is already the record. It's already at the it's already set the record for the most expensive sports card sold at public auction. That's pretty yeah. cool. Now I don't I know like if you the, see it in the comments, uh, dear Jeremy. I, I I've got I've got a feed up of the of the of the thing going on here as well. There's there's a comment from Rod that kind of plays into what I was talking about, and it's 100% bang on. He's correct. It's Rod Jameson, and I've I'm got it in the YouTube it. feed. Yeah, I don't see it. Oh, where? Uh, I've got it at one at uh, one twenty one a.m. That's the time uh, stamp that I've got on here on the chat. So I don't know if you can see it on your own. Oh, I just I got it. Lots of people now willing to buy a Gretzky RC graded three or less, which is bang on to what exactly we're talking about. And that is the phenomenon. You will see that, especially for a, a card like a Gretzky rookie, because a lot of folks are like, of course, you want a ton. You'd love to have a nine. The majority of collectors are going to be like, wait a minute. Actually, a five would be pretty good. Wait, a five's pretty high. A four is pretty good. And they'll kind of move themselves down. Now, one important thing is, also, although if you are a collector who enjoys that, just be aware that the, the range, especially when you get down, the reason I like to collect some of the lower grade cards is that I have a authentic, you know, uh, Gordie Howe 54, park, uh, 54 tops and it's trimmed. But the thing is, it's trimmed in a way where I still got a border. So yeah. it's like, I'm sorry, it looks aesthetically better than a lot of PSA ones and a lot of PSA twos that in fact are in for holders. So it's authentic, and that for me, as the collector buying it, was was the relevant piece. You know what's funny, Carlos, is that you know, two years ago, you could I would never consider owning a trimmed card that is mm -hmm. in it that is like slabbed, authentic, but mm -hmm. trimmed by PSA, let's say. But then when when that beat when that PSA authentic uh, tr altered. PMG Green Michael Jordan sold last year for $350,000 to Nat Turner, a very famous collector because he's like a, uh, apparently he's a billionaire. Yeah. Um, that made me realize that, you know what? Owning the card is sometimes more important than the condition for a rare card. Now, Gretzky is not a rare card. Correct. Yeah. But I am. So what, what, what that actually, how that manifested in my PC was that I'm now willing to send cards in for grading that I know are going to come back at five, six, or mm -hmm. seven. I'm talking modern day cards because yeah. there might be a chip in the foil or something like that. I'm, I still want it graded because I like that uniformity. So I'm still willing to send it in for grading, mm -hmm. um, but just not put a min grade on it mm -hmm. or, or let it have a qualifier. I'm okay with that now. And it's not because, you know, I, I just almost needed to see that happen at the highest level possible, which at that time was a $350,000 card. Mm -hmm. Now it's probably more. So, you know, I like my nice cards too, my mm -hmm. high grade, but of course for a rare card that I covet, I'm willing to have it in worse condition. Now, as far as a Gretzky rookie goes, I, uh, the lot, I, I took my eyes off the screen, but it closed at $2.7 million. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, so uh, suck where it was. Suck where it was. That's the right. super fractor. Yeah, it stayed at two seven, which, which means still the record. Still broke the record, which is which is great. Yeah. Um. But anyway, you know that that with a Gretzky card, a Gretzky rookie, I would, you know, it, hey, and they've all gone up in value crazy over the last few months, right? They really have. So what, when you could have afforded, if uh, you know, six months ago, if you could have afforded a PSA six, now you can only afford a PSA four. Or even a three, like the threes are doing like a thousand bucks now, I believe. That's right. So when it comes to that card, I'd still buy the best condition possible. And I don't want a trimmed copy. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and when you go back to the 54 tops, Gordy, how like you were saying, yeah, I could see myself being more willing to own that. I felt the same way about the 52 tops Mickey Mantle. I yeah. don't own one, but I would take a beautiful one that has been trimmed and I'd still pay healthy for it. Mm -hmm. But I would... 
I would know that it's not that it's authentic, but trimmed. And I'd be okay with that, I think. I I'd think rather to your have point, a, I think to your point. Say, go ahead. So let me just say quickly, I'd way rather have a beautiful that looks like an eight, except mm -hmm. that it's trimmed over a PSA two that looks ugly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think there's two pieces to that. One is eye appeal. That's that's a big piece of it right there. It's just you want to have the right eye appeal. But the second part is disclosure. As long as it's very clear, like it's we're not hiding it from anybody. It says no. altered right on the label. It's very clear. And when you look at the card, it's very obvious what's going on with it. You know, it's all good. So again, disclosure is important. That's super important. But the other piece of it as well is that um, we're talking about a card that even PSA itself considers in its, you know, Mount Rushmore. If it's if it's a Mount Rushmore caliber card in insert your sport or player here, then you know we make concessions. We have to kind of be realistic about this. Not all of us have the pockets to be able to be like, no, I demand the PSA 10 version if it exists. Agreed. So I just went back to that. I just refreshed the main page of Golden, and I believe that the card actually had it's now saying it sold for $3.2 million before the buyer's fee. No, 3.2 even here. I'll show you. Sure. So right here, it says $3.2 million. Okay. Now that's the current bid. That's hmm. not the, uh, with the premium, with the premium, that card would be 3.2 plus $640,000. That's 3.84 million. Yeah. Now, I mean, I, I think that's what this is telling us is that this card sold for 3.2 plus 20% for buyer's premium. So if that's the case, we have a new record on our, we had a new record anyway, but now it's substantial at 3.8 million US dollars. Pretty amazing stuff. Pretty amazing stuff. I'm going to stop my screen share now. Mm -hmm. um, a couple, couple comments uh, have come in, Carlos. Let's just see what the fellows are saying in the, uh, in the audience right now. Chris said the Bennington made history last night. St. Louis goalie? I don't know what 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 hit Stanley Cup one year, not the Stanley Cup the next year. Um, Oranges yeah, are out of twenty five says in the title. I was missing it. It was right in the title with that uh, that other trout card. Thank you, Chris, for pointing that out. Jason Pringle is trickling up with his Bellinger rookie card collection. There you go, Carlos. That's, Which plays uh, in. I, I'm. I think we're going to see more of that though. And like, I will have the. If you want, I can have this conversation with you online. I can have it offline. But I think in the long run. I think a lot of collectors are going to be looking at that. And I've been playing around with that a little bit of my own collecting pursuits, looking at some things where I think that's going to be a thing, especially if some of the mentality from basketball and football starts crossing over to baseball and those other sports. I think you're going to see a lot more of that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, uh, an Eckersley World Series jersey went for 50K. That's cool. That's, that's pretty cool. cool. Um, Paul says, so is that a phenomenon of FOMO? And I think he's talking about the, the the whole trickling up, trickling down thing. So Paul's fear of missing out, sort of. Um, I, here, here would be my answer to you, because I think I think you're posing a great question. I think you're posing a very good question. Um, it's not really a fear of missing out, I guess. Well, I guess in a way it is, because you want to have a copy one way or another, whatever it is. But if you're doing the trickling up, obviously it's not FOMO. You can get the lower, the lower quote-unquote tier uh, version of it without too much issue. If you're trickling down, then yes, because you're trying to get it in some way that is accessible to you. Because all of us as collectors have like a limit. Like, like I said, with the exception of someone who has billions of dollars, the rest of us all have a limit. We have a point where like, okay, do I pay my mortgage or do I buy this card? The answer is I pay my mortgage. The answer should be I pay my mortgage. Just so we're clear, it should be. Yeah, it should be. It should be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you, it's a fair point, and sort of yes, 
to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah. Charles says, at the end of the day, it's great to get cards we liked slab. That's why I have a KSA 2 Lemieux rookie card. Great card. Which you and Charles told me about this a couple of days ago, but you know, it's he also mentioned it's for his set, so he's working on an 85 86 Opeachy set. Put that in there, but I would, I would have to think, Charles, that you probably covet a nicer copy to go in a different kind of piece of your collection, maybe being sort of a uh, uh, like, like a an iconic, an icon collection, so you can have the icons here and then your 85 set over there type of thing, perhaps. but Charles is also quite young, so you got. Can, lot, I, can I make I, a suggestion? Actually, since we're I, talking about Charles and that, yeah, yeah. Um, if I get a chance in a second, I'll try to show you something that'll little strip my point. But let me just say it this way: uh, if you do down the road have the opportunity to upgrade, keep the KSA too. Yeah. It will have some sentimental value to you as the one that worked as part of your set. And uh, you know what? If you, Jeremy, can give me about three minutes, I can actually illustrate this point. I have an illustration that I can use for this. We are we are at the one hour mark of after hours, mm-hmm. which was kind of where I wanted to be. If you want it, we will, can, we're good. I'm willing to keep going though. I'm willing to keep going. So let me just run. I want to get through go comments ahead. and, and then do that because I just want to, let's just go through comments quick because there are a few. Chris, yeah. the number of bids went up. It was at 19, so that's good. Okay. Jem Joey, first day watching. Welcome to the show, Jem Joey. This is the after hours version. First time doing it. But, oh, by the uh, way, Jem Joey's uh, image there. It looks like a coin book. And it looks like for gold coins, and it looks familiar to me. I've seen it. It is. It says uh, U.S. gold coins. I might yep. have a copy of that. Continue. Please continue. I was just going to say, I was just going to let Jem Joey know that, you know, this is the uh, first time I'm doing the after hours, but we've mm-hmm. got 39 episodes of Sports Cards Live in the library. And uh, glad to see you, Jem. Love for you to subscribe to the channel. I'm at like 994 subscribers, very close to 1,000. But great to have you. Thank you for tuning in. Paul says uh, to have those kind of problems. So do I drop almost four? Million? Do I drop almost four million on a trout today or not? Yeah, that's the problem. This now. is the struggle I have all the time, Paul. Like it really comes down to it. I keep thinking about it, but I'm like, today doesn't feel like today. Not it today. doesn't feel like not today. today. No, not today. I'll keep my four mil. Charles says the PSA three Gretzky sold for nineteen hundred dollars. That is high. That is it, a it, lot for a three. I, w- I would not doubt it. To be honest with you, I would not doubt it. No, there it's hey, I think there's value in Gretzky's. Everybody wants one. Everybody in the hobby wants one, just not hockey collectors. Mm-hmm. Rod says I have I have the Gretzky rookie card I pulled. See that's awesome. so keep cool. it. Keep and it. And that's that awesome. sentimental value that you were talking about too, right? Like that's that's the yeah, Charles asked him back in 1980. Yep. <laughs> yep, that's awesome. Yep. Um, and Rod, by the way, Rod's somebody that I know from the uh, the Edmonton Summit. We do a deal together, Rod. What probably every show. I sell him uh, a big lot of cards and he uh, puts it into his inventory and does what he does. So Rod's a good dude. I've known for, uh, I, we know, we kind of know each other. Hey, Rod, we kind of know each other. We, I know who you are. That's for darn sure. Chris, what does Chris say? Crazy how much some wrestling rookies. I know Chris is always texting me about what, what these wrestling cards are selling for. And it's like, I'm, I'm, here's the thing. I loved professional wrestling. I did. And I still enjoy watching it from time to time. WWE is terrible though. It's a bad product. As an entertainment product, it's not good. But the, it makes no sense. Like it's it's a pop culture thing, but it's not that big a pop culture. Hulk Hogan doesn't have the resonance he once has. We know who he is, but he's not a pop culture icon right now, like he would have been in 1985. Well, yeah, sure. He's he's past his prime. That's for sure. He's but far past his prime. He is. But a, but a lot of the people who were following him when he was in his prime are like 
in their late forties to late fifties. And you know, there's money to spend in that, uh, <laughs> in that segment. So we need to find something else to spend the money on Jeremy. <laughs> I, Hey, I don't have any wrestling cards in my collection, but I think a Hulk Hogan would be the one that I would consider mm-hmm. buying because I, uh, I liked him. I, I only watched wrestling for like two years when I was a kid. Sure. And then it just, I just, I, I, doesn't interest me, but mm-hmm. uh, Rod says every show. Yes, Rod, every show we pretty much do a deal. That's right. That's right. Um, Jem Joey. Yeah, nice talks. Great content. Follow. Thank you, Jem. Much appreciated, buddy. Much appreciated. At Jem Joey. I'll have to follow you on Instagram. I'm a, I'm going to put my Instagram up there right now. That's uh, how to follow me, guys. Please follow. I like to see uh, more people. And if you follow me and you... So my, my Instagram rule... Carlos basically is that I, I have two accounts. I have my personal account, which I don't follow hobby people on or let them follow me. Sure. And then I have my card account, which mm-hmm. I follow hobby people and I let them follow me. Yeah. Actually, I'm open. It's public. It's not it's it's not private. Yeah. But if if someone follows me and then I go look at their account and there's there's not cards, I don't follow it. And that's not because I'm not interested, because I only want to see cards in my Instagram feed. So sure. Hulk Hogan is still a ratings mover, believe it or not. I believe it. I believe it. Carlos doesn't believe it. But let's not spend too much time talking about Hulk Hogan. That'll be a different conversation for another fifth day. We'll, yeah, we'll need to analyze that data a little more closely. Maybe Chris should. Maybe Carlos should have Chris on his show, and you guys can talk about wrestling. Yeah, be like, I'll tell you, Chris, why you're wrong. Please continue. I'll tell you why you're wrong. Oh boy. Okay. No fighting. No fighting, fellas. Paul says I had a horse trainer used to wrestle in Stampede Wrestling nice. one day. He was 70 years old. He decided I needed to be upside down and on my way in a body slam in a hay bale. There you go. Yeah, Stampede Wrestling. That was a big thing here in Calgary. Mm-hmm. Uh, before my time, I only moved to Calgary in 2002. Bret Hart came out of that. That was the Hart family were the big yeah. ones with that. That was a big yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bret Hart's still local. Like you see, oh. I'm pretty sure he's local. I, I ran into him. At, yes. I ran into him. I saw him at the airport a couple of years ago. Yep. So another thing I wanted to sort of do on this episode was just Show the cards I've got because I never, you know, I'm 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 kind of slacking on showing my 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 mail card my my mail days on Instagram. So So that's actually a good segue. While you're doing that, I'll grab the thing I was talking about. You can do that, and that's perfect timing. Yeah, I didn't really. I thought you needed three minutes to talk about it. No, no, I I was just going to walk over to get it and then come back to the desk. Yeah, got it, got it. I love Charles's question to Rod. That's amazing. Did you store it in a card locker? I have a card locker. Where is my card locker? Where did I put it? Oh, I probably had to. Oh, there it is. My card locker is right there. That's a card. That's a card locker. Let's grab it. This is what you're talking about when you talk about a card locker. But this one is in like pretty much minty condition still. Like, look at this thing, guys. It's got the names of the teams written on the on the on the doors, and that's where you were supposed to put your cards. Imagine using this today for your cards, right? Anyway, I had to buy this when I saw it. I bought this off of Winston at an expo, and I paid him, like, I don't even remember, but it wasn't cheap. But I remembered having these as a kid, so I was like, I got to get one. I got to have one again. And it sits on display up there. See, during the regular Sports Cards Live, I don't think I would get up and grab something from the shelf, but I will on after hours. It's much more casual. LOL, I do have a card locker, but never had one then. Yeah, I had one as a kid, long gone, long gone, but I got, I have a couple now. Yes, you're slacking on your, <laughs> thanks, Pete. I know, Pete. I'll get back, I'll get back. I use, I, I know, I'll get some up. I'll get some more up. 
Thanks. For, it is a beauty, Rod. It is a beauty. It's a really nice one. Yeah, Jem, they are beyond cool. They're super cool. I, you, while you were gone, I grabbed my card locker, Carlos, and showed it. And it's like oh, nice. mint condition for a card locker. Oh, really? Eh? Nice. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Uh, man, did it end up in bicycle? Yeah. So, Rod, did your the Gretzky you had when you pulled Rod, did it end up in your in bicycle spokes or did you keep in good shape from when you were a kid? <coughs> Please comment. Yeah, Peter, they're wicked. You see them at card shows every so often. Still, people have them. And sometimes they, you know, they often times they have, you know, kids wrote their name and address and phone number on them and that kind of thing. I still see them for sale. There's a local show. The one guy, um, Claude, actually has two of them at the Calgary Acadia show. But they're, uh, they've got lots of writing on them. And they're still 50, 100 bucks. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a nostalgia factor to it. People love those things because they think you back to back then. Well, that's why I bought it. That's why I bought it at the expo. Sarah, I bought that probably eight years ago. I thought that's a nice one. I just wanted to put it up on a shelf in my uh, in my room or in my whatever this room is, my studio, my my hobby room, my my office. Go, go with studio. It sounds fancy. Why not? Well, the studio is funny. The studio is. I say that when I send people who are coming on the show a message, basically saying, "Hey, if you're going to come on, that's great. But I'd love to. I'd love to meet in the studio the night before for half an hour just to go over a few things." And it's like. They're like, wait, I have to meet you somewhere? Like, no, no, it's I send you a link. It's 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 easy, easy as anything. So yeah. Yeah. Rod says, Oh, it's pretty beat up. I, I have a couple others graded. Yeah, I'm sure you do. But your original one, did it ever get into bicycle spokes? That's what I want to know. Can I can I use that as a segue to the uh, to the card I was talking about? Um yes, and yes, and Ernie says, show the Wayne Upper Deck Fanimation card for me. I will. I have that in it's in my hand right here. So I will show those. We'll hear Carlos's story and then I'll show these. This, so this, this is for Charles's benefit because this is what I was referring to earlier. I like I said, I'll get to the hobby backstory where it kind of plays into Charles's current situation. But like I said, I was into vintage from early on. Now I did a top 10 cards in my collection recently. I did a video on my channel, and this was one of the cards I did. So this is a 54 Bowman Mickey Mantle. So that's a PSA one. It's still in pretty nice condition. It's a little off center, but it's a clean looking card. I like it. I'm a big fan of it. Okay. That is not the first 54 Bowman I've ever had. I have the other one still with me. So this one is the other 54 Bowman. Oh. Okay. Is, is that a baseball card? It still is. You better believe it. Wow. It's it's got tape. It's basically been taped together. You want to talk about bicycle spokes? This thing has been run bicycle scopes, run over by the car, run backed over by the car, but it is still a 1954 Bowman Mickey Mantle, just the same. This was the first one I ever got. I got this back in 1998. So this is 12 22 years ago, before Charles was born, before he was even a concept. And the thing, Charles, I bought this for 35 bucks from a hobby buddy of mine back then. 35 bucks US. Put them beside each other. Let's see him beside. Let's just see. And the by the way, this is a PSA one, quote yeah. unquote, a poor card. So technically, both of these are the same grade. That's that's crazy because that's a strong one versus a, what would be a very weak one, of course. Correct. But, yeah. but this is why I'm trying to say to everybody: do not reject and throw away the PSA one. Both of these are ones. They're on opposite yeah. sides of the spectrum, but yeah, the one good. spectrum is open. Good point. Good point. For I sure. still keep this because this still has sentimental value. I bought this for yeah. 35 bucks 22 years ago. It stays in my collection, but this is the one that I keep day to day. This is the guy. Yeah. No, that's why I, I, that's why I thought it was worthwhile as an illustration and a good one for Charles. Keep the other one. Keep the PSA yeah. too. It's fine. Enjoy. I love that you kept it. That's awesome. That's awesome. So Rod, the card never made the spokes. That's good. That's good. 
Legion says 54 Bowman is one of my favorite sets. Beautiful layout. It's a solid one. It's a good one. I'm, I'm about 30 cards away from finishing that set. And when I do, I'll do a display on that. That'll be my third 50 set completed. Wow. That's cool. Oh, man, did it get cooked? Yeah, it got cooked. <laughs> it got cooked. But Eric it's got character, it. Charles. It's got character. Yeah, he likes your story. So does Jay. So does Jay. So here are the cards that are on my on my desk today. Actually, I do have a vintage card. So I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you the story about that after. But it's a quick story. So first of all, I showed this one quickly in the episode with Tony earlier. But I collect this set. These are from 2014-15 Upper Deck Masterpieces. And this is a parallel. It's a thick card, 130 point. Nice. Or maybe 180, actually. A nice three-color small window for the patch, but a nice patch. It's like 153 cards in the set. And I think this puts me at number one, at 123. So I still need 30 cards. And I've been working on it really since about 2016, four or five years now. And I don't know if I'll ever finish it, but I hope to, but it's fun. It's a fun long-term project. Here's the Gretzky Fanimation that is out of Goodwin, mm -hmm. Tony's product. I bought this card because okay. I like right. Fanimations. They grade well, mm -hmm. and it's Wayne Gretzky, and it's from Goodwin. So it has him in an in a all-star jersey, which I thought was pretty cool. But it's an older, like you can tell, he looks old in the picture. He it looks like he's like today, really. So anyway, it's Fanimation. It was cool. I picked that up. Mm -hmm. And then I like these uh, Sub-Zero Golds from Upper Deck Ice, and I... The rookies are out of 24 and the veterans are out of eight. So I've picked up the uh, the Jack Hughes out of 24. They're pretty cool. They changed them. In prior years, they were acetate. Now they're cards with a really cool surface pattern on them, that mm -hmm. gold kind of paper they're using. I and think, I think the point I think the point was made during the initial sports card live, but I will say I'm in agreement where I think we need to move a little bit less towards the memorabilia. Include memorabilia, but scale it back. But why don't you come up with some ideas? Come up with some stuff that makes it look aesthetically interesting and make that your chase card for a while because it's a hell of a lot easier to sustain than it is to buy more memorabilia. It's yeah, so hard that, to find good stuff. And that was acetate. That acetate seemed to be that type of thing. And they went with it for a long time. And I think they're still, but they're doing other things. This is cool. This is from 2015-16 Fleer Showcase, one of my favorite products. Mm -hmm. And I bought this before I turned against the Winnipeg Jets, which is a whole other <laughs> story on its own. Okay. But this is the, the Connor Hellebuck Sparkling Diamonds Rookie Parallel. It's a Skybox card, actually, mm -hmm. I believe. Yeah, Skybox. But it's from Fleer Showcase, and it's uh, it's a Sparkling Diamonds numbered to five. So these mm -hmm. are really cool when you can find them. Agreed. Those yeah. are excellent-looking cards. Really cool cards. And then one of my favorite cards, this is from 2012 Fleer Retro which if you're a basketball person out there, you'll recognize this because one the Jordan card is amazing. The Sidney Crosby Noise Boys. Okay. And nice. I've got a few copies of this. I'll buy them all because I think this card is, it, I just think it's undervalued. I think I just bought this on eBay like, you know, earlier this month for, I don't know, under 40 bucks. Mm -hmm. And uh, to me, this card is ripe for the uh ripe to see some some value changes but i just like it so i, I buy them when i see them mm -hmm. and then uh, the the last card i'll show it's on my desk this card i've had for a long time but i went through my collection back in probably uh mm -hmm. june before the virtual expo mm -hmm. and yep. i i basically decided i was gonna um well i'm losing the what's the word when you go through things to get rid of them i, I was oh you were consolidating trimming it down a bit. Yeah, there's another word I'm not thinking of, but that's okay. I was trimming it down and I pulled out cards I didn't think I needed anymore. And one of them 
and they go in a box, right? They, they're behind me. They go in a box and it didn't sell. I had it for sale. It didn't sell. So a couple of days ago, I went back through and I'm, I basically went shopping in my own inventory and I decided I'm keeping this card now. So this card's going back from my inventory back to my personal collection where it's been for a long time. Sure. And it's a, so it's, it's on my desk. So I'm showing you guys the only other card on my desk right now. And it's a 1951 Parker's Doug Harvey rookie in a nice. PSA seven. So why would I move it in the first place? Well, I just thought I would, you know, and the price tags under my finger, but I'm not going to show that. <laughs> so I shouldn't even told you guys, but anyway, it's not for sale anymore, but it's a nice seven Doug Harvey. And I'm going to put that back in my personal collection. So that's the, that was it for my mail for the week, but I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start keeping the mail from the week on culling, culling Chris West. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> There's a lot of words though. You, you had some good words here, man. That was downsizing, it. purging. Like yeah. I said, consolidating is actually the term as well. It's not that, a bad well thing. consolidating. Yeah, sure. But consolidating implies, I think that you're going to now take the proceeds and go buy something else for your PC where this one, I was just willing to sell it for cash and put the cash in the bank and pay fair the enough. bills. But fair enough. Anyway, um, I kept it, but, uh, but calling was the word. Yeah. Oh, I see. You're, you're watching the stream. I forgot. Uh, I'm keeping an eye on, listen, I might, I may not be hosting, but I still got the habit of looking at the chat at the same time. Yeah. 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 Um, enjoy the flow. Oh yeah. The flurry. So enjoy the flurry. That must be, um, is that, uh, shoot. Oh man. I got, is that Pac-Man? That must be Pac-Man. Cause I bought the flurry from Pac-Man. Um, okay. Like what I would like what kid in 50. Yeah, he's referring to the Bowman card. Yeah. The, yeah. the comment before that was basically, I would love to know the story behind that. Behind and, the, behind yeah. the really bad low grade yeah. mantle. Yeah. Basically this guy. Yeah. And you're right. I have genuinely no idea what happened. I'm sure the bicycle spokes were part of it. I'm sure like there, the, this thing went through a war, it, probably several. And, yeah. and it came out the other side. It's still intact. Like I said, I've had this specific copy myself for 22 years. So it's like, it's been sitting in my collection the whole time. Who, and, knows, and when the, who knows what happened to it to put it in that sort of condition, right? But but it's funny, as Charles says, like, what kid in 54 did that? I mean, who knows? Folded it up, taped it to the wall. There's all sorts of things, right? All sorts of things. Slobs Baseball Collecting, welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining. This We're doing the after hours special, first time ever. And if you just joined kind of late, I noticed the viewer numbers are going up right now. So that's awesome to see. Thanks, mm -hmm. guys, for tuning in. This is the, I'll just tell you again, this is the Sports Cards Live After Hours show. First time doing it. There had been some people asking, you know, I do the regular episode. It's very structured in terms of I kind of just have my system, my, my the way I'm running the show. And um, and then afterwards, I'm still, I'm ready to keep on to still talk hobby. And I have a few friends that after the show, I, I get on the phone with a couple of guys and I'm sitting there talking hobby with a friend after I've just done the show. It's like, well, why not just do it publicly? Because we're talking about stuff that is good. It's like, you know, good. I should say, I think is interesting. So mm -hmm. let's just do the after hour show, bring on a friend to chat with Carlos joined tonight. And, um, and here we go. So having fun with it, going to try and do it on the Saturday nights after the regular sports cards live. I do it on the Wednesday too, except I got to work the next day. I do work. <laughs> so yeah, I got an eight thirty meeting on. I got an eight thirty meeting usually on the on the following day, and it's like I'm a night owl. But then during Monday to Friday, I'm expected to be at that meeting. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, you still got to get some sleep, right? You still want to be able to function the next day. So, right. but 
it's easy on Saturday because my wife's long time in bed by the time the first show's over. So when I told her I was doing another show, at first she's like, what? And then I was like, honey, you're sleeping already. You won't even know what's going on. So, all right. You know, Saturday not, works not, because this is pint number three. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I refilled my water, Jeremy. Did you? Yeah, I'm actually drinking water, but uh, I don't drink. I'm not, a, I'm not much of a drinker, actually, at all. I probably haven't had a single alcoholic beverage all of 2020. Not that I don't drink. I just don't drink much. Well, then I mean, on your behalf, I will keep the beer economy going, Jeremy. Yeah. I, I will sustain it for you. I will do it for you. I appreciate that, Carlos. I appreciate that. I probably drink on a, you know, in, in a normal year. I probably have over the course of a whole year, I would mm -hmm. venture to guess I have maybe 30 servings of alcohol over the course of any given year. No, there's nothing wrong with that. It's one of those things. Saturday, Saturday, I'll chill out. I'll have a, like a day like today is really nice because it's like, during the first stream, I didn't bother with it because, to be honest, it wasn't even dinner time. So I was like, "No, we're gonna, we're gonna do what we're gonna do." Mind you, yeah. I can do this, and we're gonna keep talking. That's fine. We're gonna keep talking. Yeah, we're we're at an hour twenty. Let's try and let's try and kill it in about ten minutes. But let's see. Sure. A couple more comments from an unknown Facebook user says Jeremy, and then says, that. "What's the number one card on your want list?" That's a great question. Great mm -hmm. question. Tell me your name in the comments, please, so I know who I'm speaking <laughs> to. And just just because I like it, it just makes it more more intimate for the show. Mm -hmm. But there's a few there's a few things. So here, let me let me uh, let me bring up and show you a couple cards that I'm that I'm pursuing because maybe someone out there can help me find them. That would be pretty awesome. So I'm gonna share my screen again here. Give me one sec. I gotta set this up quick. It doesn't take long. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's now able to, there's my screen. So guys, this is my personal collection right here, okay? And um, let me just kind of hide that, It'll, even though you can still go back and see it probably, doesn't matter, but okay. This is my personal collection, PC scans. And each folder I consider to be a different personal collection of mine. So, for example, I collect Dale Howarchuk, who just passed away. I'll just quickly show you the extent of my Dale Howarchuk. Then I have cup cards and other cards. So one of them is in, in this cup collection. So I've got pretty much all the good 101s that have really ever come out of the cup for him. Like these, these here, these are all 101s. This is a 101. It's printing, these are all, this is a 101. Anyway, lots of nice 101s. But to show you um, the card that I really want to find that I haven't found yet, and I kind of hoard, look at that, I got like 15 limited logos from that year. So right here, right there, I have all the letters of his name except the C. Howard, I'm missing the C. These are all like one ones That's on. That's right up there on my want list for sure. Oh, it's Stefan. Okay, hey, Stefan, nice to see you. So that's the Howard check card that I want. I also collect... Um, this set from national treasures the national treasures numbers patches so this is a set that came out in i shoot what year these are 2013-14 national treasures hockey this is actually a parallel card it's mm -hmm. called the numbers patch parallels where each card was to the player's number okay. so and i'll just do this let me change the view here quickly to that so you can see just the extent of how many cards i have in this collection there are 149 cards I have um, total. And I've done, I've actually tried to do the set twice. I want the jersey numbered piece and a nicer card if it exists. But so I have all these and I'm missing one of the one of ones. So I have the, I have th these two. This is Varlamov and this is um, 
Luongo, sorry, and that's Varlamov. I'm missing the Jonas Hiller 101. So that's another card that is pretty high on my want list. And I don't know if it'll ever show up, but if it does, I'm going to buy it for sure. Um, I don't want to say whatever the cost, because I don't want to be held hostage, but I'll pay more than has ever been paid for a Jonas Hiller card. That's for sure. <laughs> and as far as vintage goes, I collect vintage Hall of Famers as well. So I'll show you my graded baseball collection, which I don't know if I've ever shown on the show before. But yeah, you did. Yeah, I think that was where you showed some of the graded rookies, and I brought up the Willie Mays. I that's right, and the Willie Mays. So I have some pretty decent vintage baseball cards. Mm -hmm. Here they are, mm -hmm. and the one that I'm missing that I really want is the Willie Mays. It'll go really nice with my uh, with my Mickey Mantle '51 Bowman rookie. I think having the '51 Willie Mays to go with it would be really nice. And you can see the collection is made up of really high caliber Hall of Famers. Which uh, which Wagner do you have there? What's the top one of the, the vintage this is Wagner? The, um, here, I'll just open it up because I don't even remember the name of it off the top of my head. It's it's a it's from a Sporting News, I believe, or a no, the sorry, the American Caramel right. PSA two, yeah, from nineteen ten, yeah. which to me is a much prettier card than the the T two hundred six, the blue yeah. background, and even his face looks cooler. I think. Yeah. Can I give you? Can I throw? This is just this is just a random uh, piece of trivia for everybody. If you guys know the T206 Honus Wagner, there's a there's a series called M116. It's Sporting Life. It boasts a portrait that's very similar to the T206 Honus Wagner, available for the fraction of the cost. It's a big card, isn't it? No, it's a no, it's still a, it's still kind of a it's tobacco? not a tobacco-shaped card, but it's a M116. It's a magazine card. The M is for magazine, and oh. it's from a Sporting Life. They were Sporting Life cards, yeah. and you can get a Honus Wagner that has a similar portrait to the Honus Wagner for a fraction of the cost, but it's a great-looking card. Yeah. Very cool. I, I bought this card from Robert Edward Auctions probably, mm -hmm. I don't know, eight years ago, six to eight years ago, and I haven't really even looked to see what its value is now. It's only PSA 2, but the population is like under 20, I believe, for this card overall. They're tough. I'm sure. I bet Chris West is probably fact checking that right now. If you are Chris, I appreciate that because I'd be, I'd like to know what the uh, what the population is on that now. But for a two, it's nice. It's got some sort of staining down here, which is really what kind of brings the gray down. Because otherwise, you know, and a bit of a some kind of wrinkle here. But otherwise, a beautiful card. The the print on it is the image is just still so sharp. Mm -hmm. And I figured I'm never gonna own a t206 i i don't even covet the card really you know so that's to me is a perfect kind of replacement or the t206 you know, wagner the t206 wagner is weird because it's almost like it, it would be the ultimate card but at the same time it's almost like i couldn't keep it in my house yeah like i couldn't even for like a stretch of time like it's like no <laughs> i have to leave it in the bank vault or secured facility like it's just worth too much i can't Chris, the, yeah, Chris, the population of this 1910 E90-2 American Caramel Honus Wagner. I could find it, but I don't want to spend my time while we're live kind of, you know, <laughs> go, navigating uh, the, the internet um, nice. as little as I can anyway. Mm -hmm. A couple comments. We'll just have a look. Chris sure. also says that there's a big Hiller collector overseas, I believe. Wonder if he has it. Yeah. I wonder. I can tell you the card never hit eBay. That's the one thing I know. So this card is either not yet pulled or was pulled by somebody who just doesn't show it anywhere okay <clears throat> there are 13 twos oh, okay what's the total pop all to on, on the on all of them chris that's not too I, bad actually no but what's the, i want to know the total the total i thought the total was lower 26 higher so that's not yeah only 26 higher so 39 and probably a few lower so under 50 anyway that's solid it's good yeah that's pretty cool 
Stefan tells me that nameplate is awesome. I have a few of the Gordie Howe game used letters from Panini Prime. Would be a dream to complete the play. Yeah, I want to complete that Howard Chuck nameplate. But the fact of the matter is, as soon as I complete it, that chase is over. I like the chase. I almost don't care if I never find that Jonas Hiller. Like I will look for it. I look, it's in my, it's in my eBay uh, save searches and I look for it, I don't know, a dozen times a day Mm -hmm. and it hasn't come up now in like, you know, six years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not going to stop looking for it though. Right. That's what we do as collectors. We are on the hunt, which I think is part of, part of what, what we love about the hobby. So well, man, listen, we're we're at an hour twenty eight. I'm good. I'm good. How about you, Carlos? You enjoy this? Oh no, I have I had fun. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good either way. I think there's been some great questions, some great interaction. The fo- the folks in the chat have been really good. Yeah. Um, I'll quickly throw in. Uh, so you got to ask the guests too. Come on, man. You got to you got to do it. So I'll do it for you. Don't worry. I'll host myself. I'll take care of it. But the uh, one the one area in in my Medano collection that I haven't hit on, I've referenced it before, is a shield card. There may be one on eBay, and it might be why I haven't bought anything this weekend oh. because now I have to back the Brinks truck up to the damn house because now this idiot put up this stupid shield card, and now I have to sit there like, what's it going to cost me? Oh, is it the one that uh, Gorenstein put up? I, I don't remember the name, but it's the Dominion one. Yeah, it's the... Oh, that, no, no, I'm thinking of a different one. Than there's, I there's one that's ending on Monday. So it's one of the things, like, I'm sitting there like, no... I just looked at it. I was like, "All right, well, no buying on eBay for Carlos. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> we got it. We got to sit here and wait and see what happens. So I don't, I don't know right, what I'm going to do. I completely. That was my bad. That that was poor etiquette on my part. I apologize for not. No worries. That same question to you. No worries. No, I do. I got to keep that in mind. Be a better host. I appreciate that. I'm gonna I'm gonna learn from that. So thank you. A um, couple more comments are coming in here. Uh, Mitchell Mitchell Holt, welcome to the show this evening. Where to go? There you are. I've been trying to find the Curry letter marks you since 2009. Yeah, that's how it goes sometimes, man, there, right? There are, some, there are some tough cards, man. There really are some tough ones. But the hunt is fun. To your point earlier, you're right. The hunt is the fun part. But there's those cards. So those cards make sense. They're, they're, they're a memorabilia card. They're tough. But I, I, did, uh, I did a stream a little while ago where we talked about 90s hockey. And there were some underrated, super tough cards to find. And I did some more research after the broadcast where we talked about it. And I'll tell you one card that is shockingly difficult. I talk about the shield card. There have been sales of the shield cards over the years. There have been some for Medano and all that over time. There have only been two sales for the Z team gold. Sorry, for the gold, for the Z gold. Yeah, and you, just that. you just got that card. No, I I don't have that card. That is not a, I have the Z, sorry. I said Z team, but I actually meant Z gold. It's okay. a Z gold, the small one. There's only been two sales in it that PWCC shows, and they actually have a pretty extensive record of eBay sales. And okay. there have been like a dozen shield sales. So what does that tell you about like difficulty? Where it's like a dozen right? different shields, but two Z golds in like the entire stretch of time. That's nuts. Crazy. It's crazy. Paul says, "Good show." Well, Paul, I'm glad you like it. You inspired it, and you got three and a half hours out of uh, Sports Cards Live tonight. So yeah. hope you uh, had fun. Stefan says, pretty wicked vintage collection. Thank you, Steph. And he says, uh, do I have a 71 Barrett, Barrett Jack Nicholas? No, I do not. I don't have nice. any Jack Nicholas cards. I had never even heard of that card. That's a good reference. 61 graded slab. Thank you, Chris, on that, uh, on that Wagner. Thank you so much. Legion, great stream. Thanks for sharing. You're welcome. The PSA chart is a bit strange. Okay, yeah, I, I can see that because there may have been a couple different 
backs or something like that possibly one trick though i would throw out there just for chris and for yourself as well we also have to factor in that sgc has only recently refined their register their their uh population report sgc is traditionally the go-to for vintage so there's there may be some graded sgc that aren't part of the count just throwing it out there yeah and i think he was only looking at psa exactly anyway, but, yeah but i do agree and it's funny you make a comment that very few people understand older people know but what a lot of people don't know is that SGC was kind of the go-to for vintage before PSA was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I and, know. And then yep. PSA just PSA just took over. Yeah, it's it's a good reference for everybody though to understand yep. that. Slob says, "Do I need to worry about humidity in the south destroying my cards?" I think you do. I think you do need to worry about humidity. Uh, it, Can I actually give you a random reference that directly pertains to this? Yeah. I read a book. Uh, there was a. I'll find the title if I can find it at some point. I'll share it with everybody. I'll put it in the comments or something if I can find it. There was a book that talked about libraries and preservation of books and things like that. They're talking about this exact thing: paper, like the yeah. preservation of paper, and humidity and condition climate control is super important. To, so to answer your question, Slop, uh, not like over a weekend, not over a no. month, not over a year, but over time, yes, like. Frankly, yes, because all you have to do is think about what happens if the Library of Congress wants to keep a book intact. Do they keep it in humidity? Nope. They keep it in a very dry, cool environment. Dry, cool. Yeah, and I recommend if you keep cards in your safety deposit box, put some of those um, little pouches, those, I don't even know. Yeah, the silica packs or whatever? Silica packs, yeah. Yeah. I do that for Hang sure. On. Yep. Chris says, Chris says the Z-Goals are a pain in the butt right up there with the 9899 superscripts. You are correct, and I need both of those. Jason Pringle loves the inaugural after hours. Thank you, Jay. Appreciate having you. Say hello to Jordan for me. Charles says there's this one card in 7980 called Dave Inkpen that took me six months to find. 7980 Opichi, like hockey. That'd be that'd be neat that one is so hard to find. I was going to get my old Modano. I was going to try to get my old Modano back. I don't know who this is, but cool. I was going to say, if you had the original one, then uh, then applause to you. If you want to pay the old price for it, knock yourself out, then you can yeah. have it. Stefan <laughs> says, looking into some vintage golf, slowly picking up some steam. The Jack Nicholas rookie would, should, will be an icon. I agree that he's got like that 83 Donruss card. I think it mm-hmm. is that That's right. I, I should have bought that a long time ago. I have to think it's worth more now. I have to think. Uh, Chris West, I'll drop you a link in the PSA page for it. Jeremy, thank you. Slob says, thank you. Jordan says, she says, hi, Jordan is Jason's wife. Thank you, Jay. Hello back to Jordan. Desiccants in the safety. I don't know what desiccants are, but cool. Okay. Well, guys, I've had fun. This was cool. We got got 40 people watching right now. That's pretty good for uh, as late as it is. So thank you, everybody, for joining. This was fun. It went by... I can't believe we're God, God, these shows go by so fast. They go, oh, Stefan says the 71 Barrett is this true rookie, cool looking tobacco card. Yeah, I saw you show some cool cards on your uh on Facebook recently, Stefan. Really cool stuff. Legion, thank you as always. Such a loyal viewer. Really appreciate you, man. Really appreciate you. Carlos, thanks for joining me on the inaugural uh, After Hours. We'll be doing this again next Saturday. Charles will hopefully be my guest if that works out. Uh, Panini, seventy nine eighty Panini. Oh, it's a sticker, a Panini sticker card. Okay, I got that's a bit more obscure. That makes more yeah, sense because more there's sense. nothing in OPT or Tops that should be that hard. I wouldn't yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So Charles, let's plan for you to come on and join me after hours next Saturday. And uh, everybody, thanks for tuning in. This has been fun. It's been nice and relaxing, more relaxing than the regular show. Which don't get me wrong, I love it too. 
Charles, good night. Um, Carlos, uh, an honor to have you on to my first uh, on the first episode of this uh, after hours thing that we're going to give a go with. So thanks for that. No worries. And that's it, guys. Good night to everybody. We'll see you all back here on Wednesday on the regular Sports Cards Live with uh, Hobby Luminary Rich Klein. Trust me, you will not want to miss that. So, Carlos, you please wait right there so we can uh, debrief on the, Why in the not? back. Where, where am I going? He says, where am I going? Yeah. All right, everybody. Good night. This has been a really fun evening. So thank you, everyone, so much. Good, good, good job. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.